0: We want the dynamite
1: from the post-wrestling site, you lighting up the fuse, sit back and enjoy the bubble. as we hear from John and
0: Wayne where we're going, we don't need roads, and if the buck stops, here, yeah, this thing might blow, everything you hear opinions
1: of the show, and if you don't like it, go to the Forbes and let them know. Hello everybody, welcome to the show, it's John Pollock here, alongside... Waiting, way I would ask you how you're doing, but this is a um, this has been a tumultuous day uh, worldwide, and I think that's going to be the uh, majority of our uh, discussion here. Off the top is uh, just today was the day that, as much as you have been following all of the effects of the coronavirus, and like today, it became just something so much larger and that's not to downplay uh previously but it was as though today the entire world now understands how severe this is
0: yeah yeah i would say uh maybe on this side of the world you know in other parts of the world this has been uh yes at this level for for a while now but um certainly a big shift over the past 24 hours uh as far as i think uh the general public's attitude towards uh this whole thing and uh but man by the end of uh of the evening it just feels like it was one thing after another but before we even talk about anything join me john let's just pause and take a big deep breath and just relax because it's really easy to get ramped up about all this stuff right now and let's just remember to be like calm and civil and we'll get through it everybody
1: okay okay let's on 3 let's inhale 1 Two. exhale there we go so yeah what would you like to talk about do you want to start with the world health organization or do you want to talk about uh so let's start there because today the world health organization uh, declared that this is a pandemic and this this seemed to be like the official pronouncement that how significant this is, the cases that are spreading. There are now, you know, of the latest figures, over 120,000 cases worldwide, over 1,000 cases in the U.S. Those numbers are growing and are probably going to be dated by the time people are listening to this on, on Thursday. Uh, and, you know, it's it is where it starts to really intersect with your own Day to day routine and life. And that's kind of what occurred today for many people, where you're suddenly seeing all of these events either postponed or canceled outright. We saw, um, you know, conventions like E3 just eliminated, uh, Coachella was postponed. Uh, then it just grew that much bigger into the evening as the the big one. The NBA has suspended their season after a unnamed player from the Utah Jazz has tested positive for the virus. So that, uh, the, it, that I mean, it's it's unnamed according to them. Uh, I just saw the release from the NBA. They didn't it's name absu- the player. It's
0: absolutely not not unnamed. Um Plenty of reporters, at least, have been talking about Rudy Gobert as the okay. as the player who was uh uh who presumably has tested positive,
1: right? Yeah. And and that to me was where this was going to like this is where this inevitably was going for any sports leagues was once and this was talked about earlier this week about what happens when there is a player that is inflicted and the effect that's going to have and for the NBA like it shut down their season their season is now suspended. Uh, the NHL uh, is not following suit, at least as of now. They did put out a statement. Their games are going to continue, which bring about uh, a lot of questions, too. Like, there are a lot of shared facilities among many of these NHL and NBA teams. But there's just so much that it's it's unknown. Like, where is this going to increase? Like, you're watching just the cases just multiplying by the day. What are we ultimately in store for and how prepared is everybody to deal with this. And of course, this is going to extend to the world of professional wrestling and namely WrestleMania weekend that, uh, as of today, I just, I, I can't, I can't fathom how you go ahead with it now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We should also mention that by the time people might be listening to this, I, I believe, uh, on Thursday, Tampa officials are scheduled to meet up to discuss large gatherings in the area. um, and we shall find out whether or not, you know, any official jur- jurisdiction will come down for WrestleMania itself. But um, I have to say, you know, following today, I would imagine a great deal of the public. I don't know how much they how 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 in the mood people even are to, you know, um, go to a, a, a large event such as WrestleMania. Um, it's, you know, it's it's um, it's certainly um, made us reconsider our trip and. The Q and A that we're holding, so you know those of you who have bought tickets, we will certainly keep you updated about whatever happens, um, probably in, in the next couple days. Um, but you know, I have to say personally, I I'm not even really so much in the mood, you know, to to watch anything, any 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 live sporting events or to even go to any concerts. I mean, we're kind of talking at a point right now where all this stuff is really fresh, and maybe you can. You know, the, the argument I feel like I've seen so often over the past several weeks is that people are are too scared over nothing. Um, and that could certainly still be the case. But um, it seems like, at least from my perception, it seems like the public is starting to be okay with a bit of OCD when it comes to this stuff.
1: Because it's, you know, it it, it is better than the alternative. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, a few things uh, to add to that. Uh, tonight, President Donald Trump uh, addressed the nation, and they have uh, instituted a 30-day uh, travel restriction between uh, Europe and the United States. That's going to go into effect this Friday night at midnight. Uh, will not include the United Kingdom, um, but that is uh, that was the major news uh, coming out of the U.S. tonight. On top of that, um, earlier in the day, I'm sure many people have seen this, um, Dr. Anthony Fauci, he's the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. Um, He he appeared today and stated that he would recommend that there not be large crowds. And he said, if that means not having any people in the audience when the NBA plays, this was obviously before the announcement tonight, uh, when the NBA plays, so be it. But as a public health official, anything that has large crowds is something that would cause a risk to spread. Mm-hmm.
0: And not so just that, large crowds, but in the case of WrestleMania, um, something that would invite many of international travelers.
1: Exactly. Yes. And, and I'm sure that those travel restrictions are, are going to impact people that were planning to come over here uh, for WrestleMania. Um, if you are looking at this, like we have seen uh, the cases uh, in Washington State where they are limiting – any gatherings among a number of 250 people they are restricting those mm-hmm. uh in uh, Ohio is also looking at these same measures i mean this is going to have impact uh, the ufc is supposed to be in columbus ohio in a couple of weeks uh if if other states follow suit here and the wwe is looking at the options of postponement versus empty arena shows i mean what would you think is going to be their course of action (laughs) here well i mean if it was any other um
0: organization i feel like the 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 answer would would be a bit more obvious but because this is vince mcmahon and the wwe um if it was up to them and not you know something that uh you know was was imposed on on them to to from by the government um i i feel like they would continue no matter what yeah um
1: but you know um I I just don't understand, like, the empty arena thing. Like, I I was talking to somebody in the company today about, you know, the the idea and uh, doing the empty arena show. And it just, to me, is, like, first of all, this isn't something where you could say that, well, people are still going to order this on pay-per-view. It's like you don't really have that as, you know, the driver to do this show that's going to recoup your money on pay-per-view. You'd be losing your, your live gate, and it'd just be, like, a terrible show to watch. Like, oh, can yeah. you a like seven-hour empty
0: arena show? Are you kidding me? Like I, I Edge coming out
1: match. for his comeback match in no. an empty arena. Like, it just to me, it'd be an awful show. Yeah, and I, I really like. Listen, this affects everybody in different capacities. I really feel for all of the independent shows, the independent wrestlers that are out their most lucrative weekend mm-hmm. potentially. Uh, independent promoters that you like they put so much into this from a financial standpoint that they could very well be out of this. It's not as though like you can yeah. like the oh, flights that have been booked, the hotels that have been booked. I mean, it is a disaster not on so many levels,
0: non-refundable deposits. Um, Thank Like just hearing the, the whole Sonny Ono situation that GCW went through. I mean, I imagine that was probably like, you know, probably the worst of it, but like, imagine just little bits and pieces of that multiplied by however many people, are there. So I think it's this is a good reminder for like, you know, uh, all wrestling fans. If you want to support your independence, please do so in the future. Maybe not this weekend, but if, when they're putting on a, an iPay per view in the future, or if there's a wrestler that you're planning on seeing but can't see this weekend, go and buy their shirt, order an iPay per view, support your local indies uh, because, you know, everybody's going to be taking a hit this weekend. Uh,
1: th- this is from uh, Brett Lauderdale. He actually posted this on, on Tuesday um, of Game Changer Wrestling. Sending out good vibes and asking for them in return this morning to all my friends and colleagues and even my competitors that are stressing right now. We've all worked so hard and invested so much in these upcoming events, and unlike the big guys, we don't have insurance policies to back us up. For a lot of us, everything we have worked for is on the line. We are independent. We are small businesses with big dreams, and literal years of hard work is on the line. The show will go on until someone tells us the show can't go on and we will work hard to cross the finish line and deliver everything as promised. So let's spread some positivity today and block out the fear, panic and hysteria and keep pushing forward together. Uh, so, again, that that was on Tuesday. Um, Game Changer Wrestling has since put out a statement today. And this is really like mirrored what the WWE had said last week in that statement to ESPN. ROH has put out a message kind of about their upcoming events. All of these companies essentially – Um, we're saying that we're going ahead with these shows and ultimately it may not be up to them. Like they, that may be the intention today. That may not be a decision that they are going to have the power to make. And we have seen how this has already been affecting the Japanese scene for the last month where, you know, it's largely that decision has been made by the government and they're, they're following suit and it's, you know, just created a, a gigantic, um, you know effect on on that market and I, I think that that's to me yeah. it's 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 very tough for no promoters here are going to be making this decision on their own because they stand to lose so much but it's something that it's it's far greater and it's yeah. it's going to be very tough for a lot of these um, companies to be able to uh, swallow and accept this but that's kind I, of the reality they're staring at.
0: I feel for anybody who you know is set to take like a large financial hit from canceling a show. Uh, at the same time like think about like the worst case scenario you know if somebody at one of these shows was found to be sick and uh was it found until a later time like think about the mess that 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 would create i i mean i you know it it to some of these companies like you know the, the hit can can even be crippling I, I i don't know the specifics of course but i i think we're at a point right now where it might be um, better to just exercise that responsibility to to say, "Hey, like, I don't know if this should be going on." And and beyond that, I mean, if I'm thinking this, I feel like plenty of attendees are probably thinking it. And you know, I, I guess you know, you watch Dynamite tonight. People seem to be having a decent enough time to, so that they could probably shut this stuff from their minds if if you are going. But um, I just you know. Are we in a period right now where we can even sit down to enjoy wrestling?
1: Live? I, I well, it's like the the issue is that in this moment we don't know where the the rock bottom is, like when there is going to be some kind of, you know, reduction in reported cases, when there's going to be um like how bad is this going to be? And at this moment, we don't know that. We're just seeing. We're comparing the the escalation to other trends uh, in in Italy, in Asia, and extrapolating that over here. And it's it's showcasing you know you know similar trends now in the U.S. It's just been delayed by several weeks. So that's where I think the fear is going to be amplified because y- you just don't know how much worse this is going to get and mm. how prepared. Um, various countries are to to deal with a pandemic um, that just seems so widespread and there's just there's no easy way to kind of contain this at the moment so that that fear is certainly going to amplify a lot of anxieties and it's not always the easiest thing to just um, tell people to you know exercise you know hygiene and you know what what you can control that's not going to put everyone at ease but it's you are somewhat powerless to all of this. Certainly. Yeah. Um, You know, I will say like,
0: I like for some of these independent, like, I know we talked about WrestleMania, the idea of doing like an empty arena WrestleMania being ridiculous. But I mean, if some of these smaller shows were to put on empty arena shows, I think I'd be really curious. You know, I I I think that they,
1: they also, I mean, they're also looking at something where it's, You know, certainly you look like a spring break that was going to do, you know, in the the neighborhood of 4000 or so people. A lot of the shows were were not going to be doing anywhere close to that. And at least you could still broadcast these empty arena shows on fight TV and you have a way to make some money back. Um, I, I could see some of them going ahead with that. The issue is also the idea of just, you know, if we're looking 24 hours, 48 hours from now and there is no WrestleMania on April the 5th. How many people are really traveling to this? Is it like what what are we well if it's an to, empty arena show, then they're
0: not expecting travelers
1: well well that's it and and does that in a in a different roundabout way for some of these independent companies are they going to see a spike in viewership like this is something like we're talking about the next month where I think like public events are going to be significantly affected by this, and what are people going to be doing at home they're going to be Watching television, they're going to be on their computers. I mean, that's going to be their form of entertainment in this in this period that we're living in at the moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean it would translate to, you know, like, buys for, for wrestling streaming services. But, you know, the ultimately, I mean, especially if you're an independent show, much of your income comes from the live gate. And how many empty arena shows can you really put on, uh, what- I guess? You know?
1: It's it, it's a stopgap, I think. Yeah. Like ultimately, I I don't know how many you can really get away with um and doing it, and it's something that like again like the NBA they are not they are not testing that out. The NCAA tournament it's going to start next week uh, with March Madness, and their male and female tournaments are going to be in empty arenas.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, are, do they share the same arenas as the NBA?
1: Um. Yeah, there there's going to be opening round matches uh in at the Amelie Arena in Tampa. Uh I don't know all the the venues off the top of my head, but they're they're running like major arenas, but right. they're going to be restricted to, you know, very very small numbers that will be actually able to be inside of the building.
0: We haven't even mentioned Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson yet.
1: Yeah, that's the other thing attached to this is that now you you do have one of the most recognizable celebrities that becomes the public face of this disease
0: yep 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 and you know um geez hopefully um yeah i don't know something tells me that it's he's not going to be the first or the the last i mean
1: right yeah it's just it's a very harrowing time um Mm -hmm. it's it's there's no form of sports or entertainment um that are going to be you know left out of this this is going to affect everything um it's uh, in
0: some ways I think it's even silly to be talking about entertainment when you know it's affecting everybody in every form of life in every profession yeah,
1: absolutely I mean I just I just got a message from a friend of mine who there was a positive case inside of his building it's like it, it, we're now at that point in where Toronto? It's, it's uh, not in Toronto no this is in the US but um, th- that's like the next step of this it's like suddenly it's it's someone you know that directly has um you know some kind of connection to this as well like that's how widespread we're getting to it now so uh i hope everyone listening to this is um is safe it's is washing their
0: hands is not touching their face and uh is coughing into their sleeves what else what we can we can't remind people enough john what else what else uh stay at home if you're sick
1: yeah i mean don't uh, by by any means if you're showing any kind of symptoms i mean it might not be the coronavirus but take those extra precautions if you are sick do not go to work do not go out in in public just take care of yourself if you i i would much rather that i be overly cautious and then a year from now i can look back and say i overreacted rather than i wasn't prepared enough yes
0: of course yeah
1: um you know i have to say like
0: i've done my best to get used to like not touching my face. And I feel like I've gotten pretty good at it, but the first, first few days were a real challenge. It's not, I I don't know if you
1: realize how often, you know, we touch our faces. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, one of the most, um, isn't it? it, I mean, think of like the bacteria that your face comes into contact with on a daily basis.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's It's like your most,
1: it's, it's like one of your most exposed, uh, Parts of your body on a daily basis. Well, your hands are certainly, your, and then your your hands. fingernails are like. I, I believe that's like where you can build up like the most yeah. uh, bacteria. It's your fingernails. The
0: worst is like when you're thinking about not touching your face, and it just makes you want to touch your face more. So um, you could touch your face, just wash your hands beforehand.
1: All right. Um, is there anything else you want to to touch on, r- Oh yeah, wipe this?
0: wipe often used surfaces as uh, as the president said today. Wipe often used surfaces? Yes. Okay. Like key, keyboards like tables that you use a lot um, that might be publicly shared. Uh, cell phones, those things are fucking filthy. So please wipe down your cell phones. Use speakerphone. What? Use speakerphone. Well, you can, but you're still touching your phone with your hands.
1: Well, it's better than having it right up against your face for 20 minutes.
0: Sure. Yeah. Spe- speakerphone. Yeah. Let the public. Let the public in on your conversations. Uh,
1: I mean, I can say that is a trend that I most picked up from watching Celebrity Apprentice. Is that they always it was always on speakerphone for the cameras, and okay, that was that was something that I I, I love speakerphone. I'm not a fan of just holding the phone up. It's just uh, a lot a of Bluetooth fun way to head, headset. You can do that too. There's there's many options uh, that you can do. Um. So we will have the latest uh, up on the site uh, regarding you know what what the latest is um, as a whole, how it pertains to uh, the industry that we are covering. But uh, certainly, it, it seems like this is only going to intensify in terms of uh, prevention and uh, widespread effect.
0: At the rate of like the news that's coming out, I mean, I imagine by the time we do the hangout tomorrow, the like everything will be different again, or at least more way more developed. So. Uh, we'll be looking forward to talking to all of you about maybe you know any concerns that you guys might have uh in addition to that we'll have beno on the show
1: right yeah i mean we're, we're going to talk to him because you know this was something that was a concern going into 16 Carat last weekend and one of the reasons that alex shelley didn't come over for the tournament i mean there was uh, many stories coming out of this this past weekend's event um but we'll be chatting with that uh about all of those topics with benno who also has a really great uh rundown of his uh weekend there in germany for uh wxw 16 Carat uh, up on the website if you want to check that out uh, as we speak to him on thursday
0: as well we'll be joined by a popular poster from the fo- po- post wrestling forums alex patel who uh if you are a member of our forums you'll have found a very active thread right now talking about WrestleMania and the coronavirus. And Alex actually happens to be a critical care physician at a Toronto hospital. And he's been actually offering some great insight into uh, everything that's been going on, at least, you know, within, within this area, Uh, he seems very much in tune with, you know, the story at large. So uh, having him on uh, the hangout as well tomorrow to further discuss it from, from a more educated perspective, I would say.
1: Okay. Um, few other news items I know that this is kind of um, you know secondary to uh, the major stories that are going on um, it was reported on on Tuesday night Ryan Satin had this on WWE backstage um, and uh, that is that Rob Gronkowski a uh, former NFL player with the New England Patriots is set to join the WWE uh, Tony Maglio of the rap has uh, since reported that a deal is in place for Gronkowski and is expected all of this seems like we may be getting way too ahead of ourselves expected to make an appearance at WrestleMania that would set up uh, a match down the road. Uh, This doesn't come out of left field that Rob Gronkowski, of course he did the spot at WrestleMania 33 and has always kind of flirted with a post football career in WWE. But it seems that now is the time they are going to pull the trigger on this and um, bring in Rob Gronkowski, which I will say way the, When I first heard this, the immediate person I thought of was Cain Velasquez and that they are going like with a similar strategy of bringing in a outside star and I I just don't know, like Cain Velasquez, that was a swing in the miss uh, in terms of his introduction and utilization and to me it's like Rob Gronkowski comes in as kind of the, the shiny new toy that just further to me puts Kane Velasquez on a back burner.
0: Uh, sure, yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, this is a tactic that I think they've been relying on for, I mean, really, their whole existence, but maybe even more so for the past several years. Uh, you know, Ronda, obviously, I think being like the the big success story of uh, bringing somebody from the outside into their world to train them as a wrestler and then, you know, headlining shows with them or at least, you know, one or two shows. Ronda was a great success. Uh, Kane was a bust. I mean, Tyson Fury, I suppose, for that one show, fine. Uh, this Rob Gronkowski—I'm not a football fan. Everybody, um, it's it is just their next attempt at, at trying to, you know, um, uh, get get the casual fan who doesn't watch wrestling but might know this guy and might be curious in a celebrity boxing type of way uh i i don't know do, do you know much about uh you know what oh,
1: oh this is like this is a major star like this, this guy is oh, way well, more what
0: i mean is than, athletically how do you think he will transfer
1: oh i think it would be that like the athletic side of it i don't see as being uh, a giant transition for him i mean certainly pro wrestling it requires certain other things such as you know your timing and being able to kind of understand what the industry entails but Uh, I would say from just a pure athletic standpoint, this guy is coming in ahead of, you know, the – Kane? The great – Or, or, I mean, sorry, I guess in
0: terms of uh, on the mic, I I guess. Uh,
1: I mean, this is a guy that has his own show. Like, he seems to – like, he will certainly dwarf Kane Velasquez in the charisma department as well. So, I mean, certainly the building blocks are there that if this guy's head is in it um, to really succeed at this, that he could certainly – blossom into into something here um i should mention here the rap actually mentioned his first appearance is actually penciled in for the march 20th episode of smackdown and then he would make some kind of appearance at wrestlemania that would set up some future match so it looks like he could be there uh as early as uh, a week from friday
0: we'll see i mean we'll see right now yeah
1: what do you think is the um the future for Kane Velasquez, like the, he's under this this long term deal. He was recently at WWE headquarters, um, but I mean, you couldn't have gotten off to me to a worse start than Kane did. Mm. Is it just a case of like if they came up with a hot angle for him, all would be forgotten, and they're Or do you see like to me I- the, the actual Kane Velasquez character, like that is a tough one for WWE to uh, work into their system.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I really don't know what their plan was for Kane beyond the Brock Lesnar match in Saudi Arabia, which they ended up delaying. Um, I think it's, you know, maybe they saw some of those videos of him him doing hurricanranas and felt like they could do something with him. And I'm sure in the future they still can. But um, it almost seems like right now they're going back to the drawing board to see, like, if they can train this guy properly to make him an actual wrestler, maybe work on that, uh, uh, you know, promo if he intends on... I don't know, talking a bit more before debuting him proper. That's what it seems like to me. But then who knows? You know, this is a man with a lot of injuries. Um, Who knows how he's even progressing?
1: And a big difference is Cain Velasquez is 37. Gronkowski is 30.
0: Okay. Yeah, that is a big difference. Sure. But I mean, we're talking about pro athletes with a lot lot of mileage on their bodies, right? Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. I mean, Gronkowski
0: retired very
1: early for... You know, a player of his skill set. What did he retire due to due to? Um, I don't know if he had like a, a specific reason. You're definitely asking the wrong person.
0: So, I mean, I, I just I've, I've heard in the past something about him and
1: concussions. So he has had concussions. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that that certainly comes, you know, with its its concerns. Yeah. Uh, This was his statement. He said um, when he retired. I was not in a good place. Football was bringing me down and I didn't like it. I was losing that joy in life. I could play right now if I wanted to play. I'm feeling pretty good physically. I could do it mentally wise, desire wise. It's not there. I'm very satisfied with where I am in life right now.
0: All right. Cool.
1: There you go. All right. um, Some other news that we have is uh, the raw rating from Monday night. They did their second lowest number of the year. They did 2,163,000 viewers. Uh, coming off Elimination Chamber, down 4% from the week prior. And the good news was that the audience pretty much stuck around for the entire three hours. In several cases among their demos, the audience grew in several categories in the third hour from the first. So that's a positive sign, and it's one that we've kind of been seeing over the past month, is either minimal declines in the third hour or even some increases in the third hour. Uh, but all of that is tempered by the fact the first hour was one of their lowest first hours in the history of Raw. So it's a much smaller audience that is interested in tuning into Raw. But that more dedicated fan base that is tuning in, they're sticking around for the whole show. So it just seems like you've you've whittled down your audience, but that audience is one that is willing to watch the whole show. So it means uh, Elimination Chamber meant absolutely nothing. It meant nothing, and it meant that interest was very low going into Raw on Monday night. Any other factors you could see? Um, not a whole lot. I mean, this wasn't like a night where there was a, like a ton of competition. Um, you know, other than your cable news programming. Um, again, we we don't get the breakdowns of the quarters, and I think that would certainly um be be notable to, to like was people sticking around till the third hour was were they sticking around for edge i mean they put him on uh at the end of the second hour um I, I would love to see the breakdown of what the audience was for edge and subsequently the rest of that third hour that just was ungodly long oh yeah i mean oh god that main event it was uh, like i i couldn't imagine people not tuning out in droves for that that tag once they realized there's you know, thirty minutes left in the show, and and that is what is going to ride out the thirty minutes. So, mm-hmm. um, that that would be interesting. But that was raw from Monday night, and we continue on. John Cena is set to appear on SmackDown this Friday night in Detroit, um, continuing to build up the Bray Wyatt match for WrestleMania. Tom Lawler has signed with the PFL, and hmm. this is a fairly big name for the PFL to be able to to get and. The deal with the PFL, uh, for those that do not follow it, is that they do a seasonal format where you have several fights, and then if you win and qualify for the playoffs, it is a eight-person playoff that they start off, and the winner gets a million dollars, which these all build up to on New Year's Eve. In the light heavyweight division, you would have to peg Tom Lawler as one of the favorites. Uh, last year, it was won by a fighter by the name of uh, Emiliano Sorti. And wait, this was what I was watching on New Year's Eve before uh, your Uber showed up to take me to Japan. Oh, that's, oh, really? Okay. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, he beat the he beat this fighter uh, Jordan Johnson, who's actually a very good fighter. He was four zero in the UFC and then left to go join the PFL. Uh, Vinnie Magalesh was also in the last season, but I would say Tom Waller is probably among. You know, one of the guys you would definitely have your eye on at 205 pounds. And he has said that once the season starts, that is going to be his focus. And it sounds like he is going he is not going to try and balance pro wrestling with um, this season of the PFL because it's it's life changing money if he can win this season. Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Uh, Well, I'll be cheering for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that has been through a lot of hardship in MMA over the past four years. So um, and and he brings some some name value to the PFL. And then the last thing, ROH has made some updates for their pay-per-view card on Friday night. Adam Brooks, uh, due to travel issues that the promotion cited, uh, will not be able to make his uh, promotional debut on Friday against Slex. So he is being replaced by Jeff Cobb, who is on the show. And they have also added Eli Isom versus Ray, So that card's going down Friday night, and it's headlined by Roosh and Mark Haskins, and it's also got uh, Dragon Lee defending the television title against Bandito on the show, and it, it looks like a, an interesting card. This is uh, a weekend for ROH that is – they've kind of been building up throughout the year for uh, – of these past two months to try and really grab people's attention for this weekend.
0: And you and Mike Murray will be talking about the show?
1: Yeah, we're gonna do a show on Sunday. Uh, we'll go through the pay per view, and I believe Mike's definitely gonna watch the past versus present show. If I have time, I'll watch it as well. But we'll uh, we'll have those two shows covered uh, coming up on Sunday. That show will be out. Cool, because Way's got a, a big birthday weekend ahead.
0: Oh, huge! Yeah, I'll be sitting on the couch reading a book. Well, uh, what book? I'm actually uh, getting into uh, powerlifting, so I'm reading this book called Starting Strength. Oh, it's like a a really popular uh from what I can gather. Almost like an instru- like a textbook about like kind of the mechanics behind it.
1: All right. Well, keep us posted on that. Have you started okay. lifting or are you just like preparing?
0: Um, I'm kind of like in like the 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 educational phase right now. Um I've I I recently moved of course and I set up like a rack in my basement, so I'm kind of excited about it.
1: Okay. Cool. Well, I know you uh, j- just don't, like, move and then ask me to move when you have all this equipment. Like, uh, be strategic about all
0: this. I, I will definitely, yeah, try not to move in the next several years.
1: Okay. All right. Let's get into a Dynamite from Wednesday night. They were in Salt Lake City, Utah at the Mavericks Center. And it started off with Tony Schiavone in the back with the Young Bucks and Hangman Page asking who his partner will be. And... Page says he would not team with Matt Jackson if he were the last man on earth and asks if Nick brought his gear almost as a joke. And as he leaves, he says his partner will be a, a mystery. And Matt tells Nick, are you even thinking of teaming up with that prick? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, very aggressive. And so, this is all, all centered around who would the mystery partner be? And this was, uh, I don't want to say, uh, I don't want to say this was bait and switch, but this was um, close to it, I guess, of people's expectations versus what the delivery was going to be.
0: Because you think people were expecting that?
1: I think it was very much designed to lead you that way. And, yeah. And I, not,
0: I think it the story made absolute sense, though, the fact that it wasn't. and
1: It uh, did, but how, how could Paige, unless this is all an elaborate story that Paige somehow had something to do with the attack... How could Paige have predicted that attack would happen and that Dustin would then step up? And who was the partner going to be if that was the case? Uh, yeah, it's
0: true. I don't know. You would have had to find out. I don't know who he was thinking. Maybe it was going to be a last-minute choice. Maybe he was going to take them both on himself. Could have been. Maybe. Yeah.
1: The show started with Ortiz versus uh, but, Cody. By the way, John, is Nick injured? Nick is uh, not injured to my knowledge uh i was kind of surprised he was there because oh boy uh we we have some breaking news in uh just just a second here um uh let's just get into this now so smackdown has been canceled this friday this coming from pwinsider.com with smackdown and 205 live taking place from the pc in orlando this week
0: Wow, okay, interesting. Uh, So so where was SmackDown supposed to have taken place? Detroit. Interesting, okay. So what what I asked was because if there's any concern that... Like, did the Jazz play in the building or something? Like, why the immediate threat right now? Like, was there some
1: connection? Let me look. Let me look at their their schedule here. Yeah. Utah Jazz. Because the
0: guy could have been, like, asymptomatic, but still carried the virus for several, like, days at least. You know? So I'm just
1: pulling up the Utah jazz schedule. Cause that's man. And it it was here on Monday. Is that right? No, it was in uh, um, Utah. Oh, it was in Utah. Okay. Okay.
0: Wait a second. Utah. That, that was the same place as dynamite.
1: Uh, it's not the same arena. I don't think, I think this is a smaller one, but I mean, but I mean like all the
0: people in attendance were probably like focused on, (laughs) on their, on all this stuff. So it, it it was quite quite impressive that they were still so lively actually on the show.
1: Uh, yeah, or they were just not paying, not attention, paying attention, or yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I'm looking here. So their schedule to, so their last game was what's today? The 11th. Well, it was the Raptors on Monday, two days ago.
0: Uh, yes, and they played. So, played. That a was a home game
1: for them, dude. They played the Pistons on Saturday okay. in Detroit. There you go. That's where Smackdown is.
0: Where does this extend? You know,
1: like does uh, is... no one knows? Like I, it it could be. This, this could be a long road
0: hmm a lot of performance center shows
1: yeah um where were we we were just uh talking about the uh the young bucks attack this is gonna be one of those shows where I am uh, I am multitasking <laughs> as we speak and I'm going to uh uh it's okay yeah we're, we're, uh, Santana versus Cody
0: is our first match
1: right so Cody came out with uh Brandy and arn Anderson and Quickly, we saw Jake Roberts appear through the crowd with the client, Lance Archer, this in a holy was, shit chant. Uh, in a
0: holy shit chant, you're right. Sure, I mean this was sort of the the introduction. No real dramatic, you know, walk on. It was just him being out there with Jake Roberts. And I'm not really that upset that he didn't get some sort of like surprise running or anything like that. I, I I think Lance Archer is a name that is well known to the hardcores. Clearly, the people that were in attendance, right right there, a lot of them chanted holy shit at him but to the casuals at home i mean unfortunately he's still not really a name so i think this is still very much a brand new introduction for most people that are going to be seeing him uh, on this show for the first time and it certainly helped to have somebody like jr like put archer over as this here's a here's a main eventer and a star from japan you know mm-hmm.
1: yep um did you like the introduction like the way they did it coming through the crowd here it, it,
0: it, it it was a pretty neutral introduction in my opinion, you know, not nothing that immediately says, wow, this guy's going to going to be a big deal. But, um, it's to me, I think he'll, he'll make his name from his actual performances, not necessarily from the introduction.
1: Yeah. This totally took the crowd's attention away and they were just focused on Archer and Jake, but they did get them back here. Um, Ortiz got flipped into the steps and then we had Santana working the leg of Cody for a period of time. Uh, Santana is constantly getting involved here. He distracts referee Paul Turner, allowing Cody to get crotched on the top. And then Brandy comes over, removes her belt and whips Santana. And Cody hit a superplex onto Ortiz. Santana then squared off with Arn on the floor and got hit with a suicide dive from Cody, then caught Ortiz and hit him with a gourd buster onto the ramp. Archer is getting ready to jump the rail and he's stopped by Jake, who just whispers into his ear and then the two of them walk away. And that's the last we see of them. Crossroads gets stopped by a knee strike from Ortiz, and then it's Cody going after Ortiz's knee with a dragon-screwed leg whip, applies the figure four, Ortiz reverses it, but then Cody regains the dominant position with the figure four and submits him in 11 minutes, 32 seconds. The idea here that Cody has now uh, perfected a submission hold uh, for the Blood and Guts match to win with. I thought that was really smart here to get this over and... Really was kind of the focus of both men's attack was going for the legs.
0: I love it whenever, you know, a wrestler can educate an audience on on a brand new move, um, provided that it's it's in the right setting. You know, I, I actually preferred like this to like, let's say, Edge introducing the arm triangle in that little specific, specific moment, which I didn't actually love. But I think with Cody doing the figure four, it makes a lot of sense. First of all, I mean, Arn Anderson is his coach. And, I mean, Cody really has modeled himself after Ric Flair anyway. I would say he's almost modeled himself after Flair in AEW more so than he's even modeled himself after his own father. It's it's a nice, you know, old-school, bare-bones submission move. And he's an old-school, bare-bones type of babyface. So, I I think it's a good
1: fit. And, uh, you know, and it was also, you know, a move that Dusty would use quite a lot. Um, In terms of Monday, though, are you saying that Copeland did not properly educate the audience to his new arm triangle jeez that's a different move isn't it uh he he loved those puns oh, god like the, I know. the education yeah yeah that was uh i was our edge and trish they would always go for the uh the heavy puns canadians love their puns they do apparently um so yeah i, I really like this and I, I thought ortiz did really well in this singles match i thought like this guy's got a lot of charisma did uh this was like a really good opening match on the show yeah um i thought it was a pretty
0: average match you know by AEW standards but i thought the crowd was very engaged and you know they established a new submission as well as all the fanfare afterwards uh, for the blood and guts match
1: from there we go on and ortiz attacks him with the mad ball and then arn enters with matt jackson and omega runs in as backup and jim ross is Stating how important it is that no one gets injured before blood and guts, they have to be at their uh, their healthiest for that match. The inner circle appear on the screen. It's Jericho with Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager. They have put the AEW roster on notice, and they are going to beat the hell out of you, pumpkinhead dipshits. Pumpkinhead? Did I Who hear has this a pumpkin right? Head?
0: Yeah, no, it's, you heard it right. It was pumpkinhead. Yeah, but who's got the pumpkinhead?
1: Cody. Um, Kenny Omega, maybe little bit? Pumpkin? I don't know. I Just don't know.
0: Maybe a bigger head.
1: Yeah. I thought of the Crash Test dummy song when he said this. Yeah.
0: Yeah, none of those guys I would classify as pumpkin head-like.
1: They ask, where's Nick? Because Nick did not run in here for the save, and it was something I was aware. I, I think everyone noticed he wasn't there, and he said, "I we ran into him, and it looks like he has a bit of a headache, and there is Nick Jackson underneath a garage door, bleeding from the mouth, and... This garage door is coming down on Nick until the elite finally arrive in the back, and he goes out on a stretcher and is taken away.
0: Yeah, poor guy, sandwiched between this ground and the garage door. He was mid-crush. He's in the middle of being crushed.
1: Yep, this was a pretty pretty heavy angle here with uh, with Nick Jackson. So, so sorry, I I forgot what you said earlier. He's not cleared? Sorry, no, I I, I don't think that there's anything um, preventing Nick. Like, Kenny was hurt, but I I hadn't heard anything about Nick. Um, Nick, his his wife was due. Oh, that's right. He had mentioned on Being the Elite, I wasn't even expecting him to be on the show, uh, because he hasn't provided any update if she has given birth yet.
0: That's right, that's right. Oh, by the way, they're on Free the Delete. Did you, oh, did uh, you see it? it? I yeah. did not see it today. So I mean, if you watch "Being the Elite" this week, they um they had like okay, just to catch everybody up. The the Bucks showed up at the Hardy compound, and so this week, um, Matt Hardy explained why he wanted the Bucks there, and he wanted the Bucks there to, um, take away the, oh, what the fuck does he call the thing, the dis, the zenith, the zenith. Yeah, he needed they needed he needed the Bucks to get rid of the zenith in his body. And the Zenith comes out in the form of of Matt Hardy's Vince McMahon impression. (laughs) So, like, you know, he's talking to the Bucks, and all of a sudden, like, um, Matt breaks into, like, a Vince voice. And that's how we know the Zenith is trying to control him and come out. So the Bucks super kick Matt Hardy, setting him into a coffin. And then, uh, along with Senior Benjamin, they bury him um, before Matt Hardy says, uh, thank you. And that was really it. that was that, so that the bucks have helped bury the zenith Matt Hardy, and we're waiting for Matt Hardy to be reborn.
1: was this a lot like the time they uh did the exorcism of Cody
0: the exorcism of Cody when remember that?
1: that that being the elite episode when he was uh he was doing all the w w e speak and they had to oh. that was one of the that was one of the famous episodes, yes, yes,
0: I guess kind of like that, yeah
1: after the attack they had um Nyla Rose and B Priestley versus Chris Statlander and Hakaru Shida. And one thing I've started to enjoy, uh, they don't do it for everybody, but for certain people, and it was Chris Statlander here, is that they have the graphic with their name, their record, and they put like a little line there. And hers was just trying to avenge loss to Nyla Rose at Revolution. I think that's a little nice added touch. It's that not everyone knows who Chris Statlander is, but if you don't, here's what she's fighting for.
0: It's good. Here's- yeah, it's really nice. Uh, the ones they have for page are, are often really funny. They, and they always make their way to like Reddit.
1: Yeah. And this one was just more matter of fact. And I think that you can, you can have fun with them, but you can also make them serious as well. Mm. Or it's just setting everyone up for the map facts to return. Yep. Pretty much. Uh, So this was one where it seemed like the audience did get into this at, at various points. They had Nyla Rose dominating Sheeta at the start and Priestley was tagging in. They went through a break and B gets draped on the corner and Sheeta suplexes her partner, Chris Statlander, onto Priestley, leading to a chant of Holy Sheeta.
0: They have to run with that. I mean, that's got to be a t shirt next week. Come on.
1: They were really into Sheeta in this. Yeah, I Uh, thought she was the most over of anybody. I I did too. Rose stopped her from tagging out and Sheeta gets draped on the top and Rose goes for that knee drop off the top but misses. Sheeta then hits a Michinoku driver onto Nyla. Priestley makes the save, and then Sheeta delivers a superplex to Priestley, turns around, spear by Nyla Rose, followed by the beast bomb, and Rose pins Sheeta. And then afterwards, it's B Priestley that attacks Nyla Rose and grabs the title. And I, I thought, like, man, you had really focused on Sheeta here. And I really didn't like Nyla Rose, who have they've really. You know, you thought they were going with, like, this monster role, and she was kind of a, in, like, this babyface position by the end of this.
0: Hmm. I, I don't know if I necessarily interpreted it that way. I mean, I think, you know, this is going to be a... Well, we'll see. We'll see. She could be a babyface, but I, I, I'm I with you. I, I was a little disappointed because, I mean, something tells me that they didn't expect Sheeta to be... Uh, that the focused one, or be maybe be that popular in this match? I don't know because I it certainly seemed like you know all the momentum after this match was was on her, and I think people wanted to see her be the one to win. Unfortunately, they had pegged her as the one to lose the match, so I was disappointed to see her take the pin. Um, I thought crowd was more behind Sheeta than Statlander, who whose momentum is kind of like dissipated after Revolution, so. Uh, be Priestley. I mean, really, at this point, Nyla Rose is just in in need of like, I suppose, wins over strong competitors who can give her good matches just to kind of build her up as you know a a, a division leading champion. And I assume later on you'll get to Sheeta, so this will probably just be a TV match between that 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 Rose will just beat Priestley and
1: yeah. Uh, Christopher Daniels did this uh uh this video on a green screen doing a parody of The Dark Order. And made a joke about people waiting for a higher power where he smiled to the camera with the inside joke and kept saying screw the dark order and said that their momentum that they had accumulated ended when they got into the ring with Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian. It was all a lie and a smokescreen to make people think that Daniels was the exalted one when the truth is there is no exalted one. And he challenges Stu Grayson and Evil Uno to singles matches, whether it be on Dynamite, Dark, or the pay-per-view, or in a parking lot. He says, when no one shows up to prove they are the Exalted One, that will prove that no Exalted One exists. And then about an hour later, it was announced that the Exalted One would appear on next week's show.
0: Right, okay. So, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Hmm. How would this have proven that the exalted one didn't exist? That's almost this is almost like a like a second graders threat, you know?
1: Yeah, it was sort of the idea that if I am punishing these two, that certainly the exalted one will run out to save either of them when uh, they, they have never. the This exalted one has never felt that need to do so before, but um, Yeah, I thought Daniels was fine in this, but it was kind of by the end of this, it was almost like the Exalted One announcement kind of outdated this setup of these two matches that we're going to find out the Exalted One next week before we probably even see these matches.
0: I feel like if the intent was to by the end of this match, uh, you know, um, convey that the Exalted One will finally be revealed next week, I feel like there there was like there probably there there would have probably been a better way to do it than perhaps with this sort of Chris Daniels Dark Order parody video. By the end of it, it just felt a little confusing, honestly, and it wasn't really all that entertaining.
1: Yes, and the next, I guess, task is for, you know, the Dark Order is about to get another big focus, and they've kind of gotten away from it, and the show has improved exponentially with the Dark Order in a much more reduced role. Um, And they did tape one of these matches for Dark, with Christopher Daniels beating Stu Grayson, so I guess that'll air next Tuesday.
0: Oh, okay, gotcha.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, you're right about that, but
0: if it's the Dark Order led by somebody like a Matt Hardy, it might be a completely different faction.
1: Yeah, it's going to depend on who the leader is and if that person can can carry this this group into being something more enjoyable by the masses. MJF, The Butcher, and The Blade versus Jurassic Express. Um, this was another match the, the crowd seemed to uh, get behind quite a bit. They isolated Luchasaurus and worked on his knee. Uh, They had this one uh, clever spot where the Blade and MJF hung onto Luchasaurus's legs, and he had to walk through quicksand to his corner, and then they halted him, but he broke through, tagging Jungle Boy. And Marco's stunt later came in, and he just attacks uh, the Butcher, and uh, Jungle Boy assists him with a swinging DDT, and when he hit this, dude, the Butcher just Got spiked on his head, and I just gasped and was so happy that this man was okay when he got up on the floor because this looked frightening if you watch this.
0: It's a dangerous sport.
1: Uh, there was a double choke slam by Luchasaurus onto MJF and the blade. Then the butcher is alone with Luchasaurus, they go at it. Then Stunt starts stomping on MJF. The place goes wild. Jungle Boy pulls Marco away, and Marco turns around and he shoves Jungle Boy, and they showed some dissension between the two. Jungle Boy climbs to the top. The bunny tries to distract him, allowing enough time for the blade to shove him to the floor. Wardlow attacks Luchasaurus, and MJF taps out Marco's stunt with the salt of the earth
0: hmm I, I thought this was a really good TV match. You know, everybody in the Jurassic Express were fantastic here. All three of them feel special in their own way. Usually it's like, you know, Luchasaurus, I think, you know, getting all the attention. But, I mean, Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt together as a team are fantastic. And the contrast and there's just the combination of the three is really good. I also really like the heels here. MJF is always great, of course. But I was really impressed with Andy Williams. To me, he's been like almost a standout Quietly here, you know, of this uh bunny in the blade type of thing. So uh, he works really well, especially with the the smaller guys in, in, in here. They had a lot of really interesting interaction between he and Lucia, Luchasaurus as, as the two big guys in this match. I thought it was fun.
1: It was a fun match. Yes, um, I, I thought that the I, I actually like the interaction with with Luchasaurus and and the Butcher. Um, I, I think the Butcher is like a fun a fun character that can. You know, work with a lot of different guys and especially serve as that, as that base for Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt. And I, I think someone that is well, – it was a really good hire.
0: I get confused. The but- Butcher is Andy Williams. Yes, the Butcher
1: is Got Andy it. Williams.
0: The other guy is the Blade. Yes. So he's – the Butcher uses the Blade. Um, is that it?
1: I think that the Blade may eventually morph into the Tan. That will be his new gimmick.
0: The Tan. Because yeah, he the is – The um, the Tan.
1: Yes, he is like orange.
0: Yeah, all that Buffalo Sun.
1: It's <laughs> clearly. Then uh Tony Show. Oh, first we had the Darby Allen video. So it's in black and white, and he's wearing a Chris Jericho um cardboard cutout face with the eyes cut out. And he has a body bag attached to his truck, and inside the body bag is uh an unknown body wearing a Sammy Guevara cutout face. With the eyes gone, and he just drives this body bag across the the ground, and that was the video.
0: Did not look like a fun ride at all for whoever was uh, playing Sammy Guevara in this. No, it's probably one around. of this
1: guy's buddies that was oh, do- more than happy to just get dragged by a, <laughs> a truck.
0: Oh my goodness! <laughs> I mean, I'm uh,
1: sure. It was, I'm sure it was a human in there.
0: So he's he's done the the body bag thing before, right? In oh A-A-W? yeah, that,
1: that was his big uh, yeah. But his in AEW, he he did he do it. Um, I, I don't think something? he's done it in AEW yet, but that was a big evolved spot where he'd get into yeah. the, the, uh, the body bag and then get thrown to the floor or something. And, uh, with the Ethan page feud that stands out. So, yeah, it looks like this feud is continuing and maybe we're going to get some sort of body bag thing. Tony Schiavone interviews Dr. Britt Baker. She comes out in Salt, Utah. She has her Starbucks. And this week it was T O N E with a, uh, an accent on the E. Tone. Tony, yes. Tony, I it's it's replaced Otis and Mandy Rose as my favorite long term story in terms of how much mileage she can get at. Like how many versions of Tony can this woman do? How many is she at now? Like five? I think it's only like three. I think really. I think so. Okay. That she's had the name on the actual Starbucks cup. Well, you could do Anthony
0: uh, Tone,
1: yeah. Like. I'm sure there's many that you could keep this going. Like you could just make it ridiculous, like T O N N or um, that wouldn't T- work. T O W N that hasn't been done. Town, tone, tone. That yeah, is town. That is. Uh, I was thinking. I was thinking of a uh, of a uh, T O N E, which would be tone. Has she done tone? She just did it on this episode. Oh, oh right. Already. Well, Well, I'm already out. I would be really (laughs) bad at this for the longevity of this. Yeah. Anyway, she gets interrupted by Big Swole, who calls her Brittany. And don't act like I don't watch the product. And Baker says, you are irrelevant. The only person in your household that people care about that wrestles is your boyfriend. And she comes back informing her that she is married. And I I would compare this week. Uh, I, I don't know if that would be the case. I would say <laughs> Big, Big Swole had a much better outing uh, than her significant other on Monday. Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely. I mean, Big Swole is way more relevant right now than, unfortunately, um, Cedric. But, well, you know, it set up a really good line.
1: It did. She said, I'm married, baby. That, <laughs> it was a great comeback here yeah. for Big Swole. And then Baker took the coffee and threw it at her and really exposed the gimmick here it's just water
0: i i was very disappointed come on if you're going to throw coffee it better be coffee I and
1: don't... it's like what it's it's inconvenient if someone threw water at you i get it but it's oh it's it's, like g- it's inconvenient
0: yeah, well, the, the bigger inconvenience, I guess, would be her dry cleaning bill. if She actually got coffee stains on her. But Well, I
1: on. mean, coffee, it would be like a serious attack. Like, if hot coffee was thrown on you, that's this a big angle. This wasn't even hot. It was just like Luke. No, water. it was just like she had been throwing, like, there was like a water bottle. It's like she got hit by, like, Evian or something. It was um, kind of like you ex- you're you expecting some uh, horrendous reaction because there's hot coffee that she's going to sell, but it's clearly water. Clearly... Um, and she sold it as though it was water as well. It I wasn't know. like she was trying to uh, put the wool over everyone's eyes either.
0: Clearly, this is what matters most to you and I. The authenticity of the portrayal of the coffee. Listen, that said,
1: I, I thought Big Swole, like her, I thought she had a really good uh, segment here with Baker.
0: I thought so too. You know, I thought the segment, you know, Britt Baker is always fun with Tony Schiavone.
1: I feel like this thing is starting to, you
0: know, maybe, eh, It it, it the, the act is starting to start a... Start a, start a sort of uh, starting to run dry, but it totally picked up once Big Swole came in. I love Big Swole's delivery. I love her energy. I'm really glad to finally be able to see her get an actual role. I'm
1: happy to and, see... Baker get a microphone.
0: Like, get she a can microphone. talk. She's fantastic. And I'm, I'm happy to see Baker actually get an opponent to focus on too.
1: Joey Janela and Private Party against the Death Triangle. Pac, Phoenix, and Pentagon Jr. If they give me Six man's every week with death triangle, I'll be really satisfied.
0: I think they're fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. That'd be like great. just,
1: um, you know, it was brought up last week, and like they certainly have. If they did want to introduce those six man tag titles, like they certainly have. It's not a case of like the women's tag division in WWE where they introduced these belts when there was no division to speak of. In AEW's case, if they were to introduce those titles, you've got like six or seven teams right off the jump.
0: It is true. I, I was uh I was wrong last week when I said I didn't think there were many trios. Clearly there are plenty of trios in AEW. At the same time, I don't think AEW needs more belts. I'd be more than happy with a trios tournament, you know, once a year that you can use to uh promote your 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 trios uh makeshift trios even. But a belt, another set of belts running around, I don't think that's really necessary.
1: It's like you can see like the format on Dynamite, like it's typically designed for like five matches and trying to fit whoever now, certainly the argument of having a regular six man on the show, it will inherently get more people on the show each week. We had two six mans on this show, but, um, I'm not in a race to get more titles introduced, but certainly they have cultivated at least like trios teams that could populate such a division. um, I'm going to uh, preface, like, this last, like, hour of the show, really, by... Oh, this is I, when
0: shit hit the fan. This is when I, I was, like,
1: Tom, half watching
0: this. Tom really, Hanks got the coronavirus, the NBA player got sick, and then the NBA got completely wiped out, or suspended, was, I mean.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, dude, at 9 o'clock was Trump's speech, and that felt like that was five news cycles ago. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. from 9 till 10, it was just utter insanity.
0: No, I'm with you, John, so apologies, everybody. This is going to be the most uh, detailed analysis. The, the world was crumbling around us.
1: Uh, they hit Silly String onto Phoenix... Uh, did a big tag to Joey Janela. He was in there with Pentagon. Uh, Janela had pack on his shoulders on the apron and Cassidy kicked off the shoulders to dive onto Phoenix on the floor. Janela then hit an elbow off the top for pack only got a two count. And then Phoenix and Pentagon hit the package pile driver foot stomp on Janela Phoenix dove to the floor with the Topicon hero. But uh, what was cool here was they did the package pile driver and foot stomp rolled Janela over uh, for pack to hit the black arrow and pin Janela um, Death Triangle are awesome, and I I think that this could really work with, like, Phoenix and Pentagon having Pac uh, part of the presentation as well, and it just seems like they, they're different characters, but they mesh very well, and not just in terms of, like, the, the in-ring, it's also, like, their styles, their personalities, it just, it really clicks, and I, I thought that Private Party and Janela were great opponents for them.
0: Yeah, they're all dark and brooding and, you know...
1: This company loves dark and brooding. That is the demo that they are after dark and brooding,
0: dark and brooding. Yeah. Um, anyway, I, I, I thought they were great, you know, as you would expect, it seems like Pat could be like a missing ingredient that, that'll really help the Lucha brothers feel like they're uh, a major act in with an AEW. Now they have a voice, somebody who could speak for them. And these matches are always going to be hot stylistically. I think they mesh really well too. So, um, I also thought in this match, like you could really see Janela's potential as a, a lead baby face in the future. Yes. I, I thought he, I thought he was like, like he, it worked. It, it absolutely worked. I mean, obviously the crowd really likes him, but just even him as, as a wrestler and also as just, you know, this, this, this like lead hero type. I, I, I think it makes sense. Uh,
1: they all attack Janela and private party and they're just, uh, applying submissions and posing when orange Cassidy and the best friends come out to make the save. And that ended that segment. So obviously where they are going and that would, that announcement would come in moments. Lexi Nair interviewed Dustin Rhodes. He is now in his gear with his paint on because he's pissed off way. He's pissed off with the inner circle and he is stepping up to be hangman pages partner, whether page likes it or not because I'm fixing to kick some ass and do some cowboy shit. Yeah. This guy's the underrated promo guy in this company
0: for sure absolutely yeah um i imagine he's probably the type to give a plenty of pointers to other people as well um but he's been every anytime he's had to appear in a backstage interview or like a countdown show he's been tremendous so he brings like a level of i think mm, i don't know uh expertise and and wisdom and just a veteran's kind of ability that you really don't get from too many other people here
1: we got the uh, the Tough Enough tryout videos where talent have sent in their videos to team with Sean Spears. This included Simon Miller, Anthony Bowens, and your man Sugar Dunkerton. My man? Yes. You were saying, remember? What? We were, we were talking about him last week, and you were saying, he's on the For the Culture show? Oh, okay, okay. Yep. Um, so anyway, it was just a bunch of promos uh, ranging from okay to yikes.
0: So, they're like, I wasn't sure what they were actually doing here, and it looks like they're actually looking for legitimately, like, l- trained, unsigned wrestlers that are out there. Yeah. As well as, I'm sure, taking, like, really stupid videos from fans, too.
1: Next week, Rochester, New York. They announced the best friends in Orange Cassidy against Death Triangle. The Exalted One will reveal himself. And the Inner Circle will take on the Elite in a six-man tag, but they did not announce which members of each faction would participate in that match.
0: And that's the advantage for uh, the Blood and Guts match.
1: Yeah, they said the winner would go in with an advantage into Blood and Guts. It's the coin toss. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then they went on to announce the rules for Blood and Guts. So get this, uh, everyone, if you have your uh, pad of paper and pencil. Two men enter the cage for a five-minute round. Then every two minutes, a new entrant comes in. The match will officially begin when all 10 men enter, and the winning team will be determined by the opponent submitting or surrendering.
0: Yes. So.
1: It's War Games. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Traditional War Games rules. I mean.
1: I thought we were getting some deviation, the fact that they promoted these rules a week in advance, but no, these are the War Games rules. The fact that they said.
0: You think you know the rules, but you really don't.
1: They did say that last week. Yeah.
0: Well, um, maybe they're thinking that all the people that know War Games are, are recent WWE or NXT fans from like two years.
1: There's a roof. Yeah. There's a roof on this one to differentiate it from the, the WWE's version now.
0: And it's it's five on five rather than like trios. Wait, that was, the, the last one was five on five, wasn't it?
1: Uh Yes. The first the one that one. The the NXT one was, one was uh, the NXT the first NXT one they did was trios, but right. this past year, yeah, it was five on five.
0: Okay, well, there's a roof. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jim Ross is with John Moxley. They did a nice fireside chat. He has not been physically cleared after last week's power bomb by the Shield, and he's pissed off. Jim Ross asks him, "How do you deal with five to one odds?" and he isolates Jake Hager. He tells Hager to step into the batter's box, bitch. And Hagger has hit him harder than anyone. He uh, he asks, what are your plans for Newark uh, with the blood and guts match happening? He says he's in the inner circle's blind spot as they prepare for the elite. And they better be aware of that.
0: Well, uh, so he's supposed to be right now in Ireland or he's supposed to be in Ireland this weekend?
1: He's supposed to be going to Ireland this weekend. Okay, along with Pac. Yes, I. I guess would be you know, card subject to change because who knows? Um, yeah, if that will happen or not, I'm sure. He could
0: always fly out of, out of like I mean the UK. I'm sure AEW will, especially like you know with Tony Khan with his connections out there, they'll be able to get him back if if need be. But
1: but yeah. let me ask you this, and I asked you this the other night, in light of everything, do you want? Your performer's going over there. If there's any potential threat that could... It's true. Like, yeah. if you come back and, God forbid, uh, uh, and I'm worried that this will happen, like a wrestler that contracts this, and then suddenly in your locker room, you can, you guys have to quarantine yourselves. Well,
0: this is what the NW, NBA has been going through this evening. I'm sure uh, mass panic going on... I, I can tell you that if,
1: if I was Tony Khan right now... My talent is only doing my show um, because I am not risking anything for my two-hour program I've got to do every week, and I would not be adding any potential threat to that, um, and that would upset a lot of people, but I could totally understand that um, that significant of a response.
0: You know, I'm sure a lot of closed-door meetings are occurring right now about what to do, Um
1: there's you know, so much in the air over there's so the, much up the, in the air,
0: you know, mania weekend, like so much is unknown right now that, um, in the past, in, in the next 24 to 48 hours will change completely. So I'm sure, uh, maybe there's thinking about contingency, contingency plans, but you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's an important reminder that, you know, uh, just because somebody is a performer on national TV, doesn't mean that they're immune to the risks involved in going to an airport or, you know, a, a, any sort of public, uh, place. So, you're right, it's it is a bigger concern.
1: Yeah. Um so this was uh just kind of setting things up that it looks like Moxley, you know, he'll probably go after various members of the inner circle, uh, starting with Jake Hager. Cool, I like it. Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara against Hangman Page and mystery partner Dustin Rhodes. Uh Jericho grabbed the fan's beer and then got struck by Page and Page guzzled down the beer. And I would maybe be eliminating the spot. I, absolutely,
0: yeah. I mean, Angel Garza kissing random people in the front row. I I think that's got to go as well. Yeah. Like
1: like literally, just you know, this is not so much a, a WWE thing, but just you know, slapping hands and stuff. Like I, I think it sounds. It doesn't sound silly today. Maybe twenty four hours ago, it did. It so certainly does not now. Even
0: if like the the risk involved in something like that might be medically statistically low, I think it's just a turn off. If you're watching as a fan, you know it's it's not like the cool babyface moment that um, maybe it's intended to be. At least not for me.
1: Uh, they got the heat on Dustin. Went through the break. Uh, Jericho went for a lion salt and landed on the legs of Dustin, who was trying to get his knees up. Page comes in, moonsault to the floor, then goes for the buckshot lariat, and Jericho stops and applies the walls, which Dustin breaks up, and it culminates with Dustin hitting the destroyer onto Sammy Guevara, into the buckshot Lariat, and Hangman Page pins Sammy Guevara, who just uh seems to be the, the designated fall guy.
0: Unfortunately, I mean, but it didn't affect his match with
1: Darby at all. Nope. So And this was a great finish, I thought. The Destroyer-Buckshot-Lariat combo.
0: Mm -hmm. A lot of flipping. Um, So I don't have much to say about the rest of the match. I couldn't have been less interested, unfortunately, just given everything else that was going on. So I apologize.
1: Yeah, this was... uh, Our minds were certainly elsewhere during this last half. Um, The Inner Circle jumps them. Kenny Omega runs in, Cody runs in, and the inner circle gains the advantage. Cody gets suplexed on the ramp as revenge from Ortiz from earlier in the night. They attack with a chair, and then they drag Hangman up to the top of the ramp, and they're going to powerbomb him off the stage. When Matt Jackson returns, they had thought he had left for the hospital, but he's back. Jericho then comes and destroys Paige and Matt Jackson with chair shots, and they put the chair into the seated position, sit over top a fallen Matt Jackson and hangman page they pose with the middle fingers while kenny is done uh or kenny's in the ring selling and cody is down on the ramp and the inner circle for the second straight week stand tall which i i think they're gonna put all this heat on the inner circle leading into blood and guts so that is how the show
0: concluded I really liked the closing angle. I thought it was really well done. I, I love that they continuing to build this rivalry between Matt Jackson and hangman page, even though they've already announced that these guys will be teaming out together for that blood and guts match. Um, But the the tension has just been magnificent coming off of the tag team match and then just continuing to build here. And I love the way they structured this because it was hangman page in trouble and it ended up being Matt Jackson saving him. But Matt couldn't care less about page. He was just simply out here getting revenge for his brother and uh, you know the fact that they were able to kind of like interweave everything together while still making sense of all their characters, I really liked. Um, you know, in the in, 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 I think it'll it, things like this will at least temporarily force the elite to bond together. But I really like the way that they're still separating Matt and Paige.
1: Yes, um, you know, it was a good good main event. Mainly, it was um, the the focus was the post match angle and just building up this this blood and guts match to be you know a really really big episode on march 25th that jim ross was saying was like a pay-per-view with all the tickets that they've sold and putting you know a pay-per-view level match in this blood and guts match on tv so that's going to be uh big and and i also think just the tease of this exalted one next week i think that you know providing uh everything goes ahead next week um That they could really do a number next week with the Exalted One reveal and kind of building up to that on next week's show.
0: We shall see. I mean, I feel like tonight's number, you could pretty much throw out, couldn't you? With Trump and...
1: I would imagine that, especially from 9 p.m. onward when uh, Trump was doing the address, that there was probably a a lot of people tuning out of wrestling tonight. I I would think that that would be very likely. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I felt like the, tonight's episode, you know, still unable to reach the heights of the pre-revolution pre-revo- episodes. I mean, it still very much feels like it's sort of a, a beginning stages of of their their next cycle. But I think all the important pieces for blood and guts were put into place very well. I didn't think there were any like hot promos, any not, no matches that I felt were must see either. Um, but it was like last week a show that I think got the things in, the important things in motion.
1: All right, that was uh, that was Dynamite, and did we get feedback tonight? Yes, we did. Okay, well, let's uh, see what everyone had to say on the forum tonight, uh, starting with the poll. So on our
0: forum, forum.postwrestling.com, our patrons voted AEW Dynamite this week a 7.44 out of 10. All right. We go to Paul from New Jersey who says, I found the opening incredibly boring, but there was a lot to like tonight. Two really good six bands, which usually aren't my favorite. Baker and Tony are fun, but I thought Swole really shined here. Big highlight of the night for me was Christopher Daniels. Not only was it a different promo, but it was well done. Sean Spears fans submitting tag requests and a killer promo from Mox. One company is thinking outside of the box, while the other seems like a broken mechanical spider in said box at times.
1: Okay. Noah from Vaughn, good show. Seven out of ten. Couldn't focus at all with the news going on. NBA season suspended. Things are just crazy right now. I one hundred percent think AEW and WWE should be postponing events. This coronavirus is not a joke and should not be treated lightly. I'd rather this be proven to be an overreaction than an underreaction. Um, I, I definitely agree with, with with that last point, and certainly it would be um, foolish not to think that you know next week um, AEW may be facing that that's kind of situation that this will. Uh, affect them next week when they're uh, scheduled to go to rochester well smackdown
0: being um moved to the performance center is i think a big
1: that's telling big right there.
0: Move. V- very telling that i think you know other companies i mean and especially its competitor in AEW, might be expected to follow suit so uh it might even happen like very quickly so, yeah, we shall see. Alex from Portland says, another eh show for me. Lance Archer, one of the more intense wrestlers over the past year, debuts by sitting down and watching a match. While I get AEW not wanting to start on Archer Cody until after Blood and Guts, could Archer not have had a quick squash? Well I'm sure they'll be good, I can't say I'm looking forward to Daniels and the Dark Order having matches. And that main event, while the inner circle was beating down everybody in the ring, we were told by Excalibur that everyone in the Elite went to hospi- hospital to check on Nick. But then less than a minute later, Cody and Kenny came out. Then another minute passes, and Matt comes out. Is it me, or these, do these guys come across as major asses not being at the hospital when Nick was carted out earlier? Um, I didn't really think about that, personally. Did, did it bother you, John?
1: Um, Coming out at the end? No, I think you... Did it make him seem insensitive uh,
0: to Nick Jackson?
1: Maybe he was okay. Maybe he wanted uh, Matt to go back. Maybe the hospital was right next door. It could have been local. I mean, Matt has other duties. He's a he's an EVP. Yeah, uh, you know, on, I'm on, glad Lance didn't wrestle on this show. I mean, me just too. the the appearance was enough for week
0: me one. Me too. I think you know we've seen them, especially when they build up their heavies. They like to take their time, make them mysterious, and then when it, when it comes down to actually have them debut, like in the case of a Low, it feels like it's a big deal. So I I, I didn't mind it personally. He says uh, he's got a question. What do you think of the idea of the Ascension being part of the Dark Order? Well, neither guy wrestles like you'd expect from AEW. They have a tr- proven tra- tra- track record with Cody and Pac.
1: Plus,
0: plus, I feel their character work could earn them a spot.
1: I I think that there's two ways of looking at this. Number one, I think everyone's first reaction is you don't want to be TNA and that any ex-WWE talent especially ones that did not succeed in WWE you go after and bring in now there's the counter argument that talent that failed in the WWE system for whatever myriad reasons to come in and then suddenly you prove them wrong and can showcase that look look what we look what we made out of what you gave up on um you know that was
0: usually John though that that comes with guys proving themselves on the indies before entering you know a major promotion
1: well i would say the ascension would not be on my list um, to be going after Uh, there would be very few names at the moment that i'd be going after i'm pretty content with the roster aew has the names they have to get over and you know it's always a case by case basis that you look at okay can we make an exception here or there but i would be very cautious about just anyone that has a a WWE name attached to them of just scooping them up. Um, I agree. I absolutely take, agree, especially when it, spots. Yeah.
0: when it comes to the Ascension, who I really don't think will add anything. I mean, the complaint right now is that there are way too many dark and brooding teams anyway. Um, I I think there are plenty of other people you could fit into this Dark Order role if you really had to. I mean, like you, have,
1: you, you have Butcher and the Blade. Like, dude, b- you got take, Jimmy you take Havoc. Take your thoughts for them and apply it to those guys. They need it, and you yeah. have
0: them. Butcher and the Blade, you could put Jimmy Havoc in there. You could put Luther in there. You know, like there's plenty of people like the, the dark order is not in in in, uh, in a shortage of, of uh, dark members to add to their numbers.
1: Can we get like some How about the light order, the light order? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like the brightness, the bright order. Yes, sure.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: Doug from Derbyshire in the UK. Another exciting, well paid show featuring quality matches throughout the show. So hot, I thought they would combust. It felt like the women were starting to gel a bit better tonight with Hikaru Shida providing her strongest outing since the six-woman tag at Double or Nothing. The video packages were all of the usual high quality with Daniel's screw-the-dark order providing a few good laughs. Not quite as many as today's episode of Free the Delete, though. I've been a fan of the trios matches since my days of watching Chikara a decade ago, so their gradual introduction to the AEW weekly broadcast gets thumbs up from me. Jericho and Sammy are proving to be a highly enjoyable team, and the main event was a satisfying peak for the show with a hot post-match beatdown. As usual, AEW have left me looking forward to next week's show. 8 out of 10 for me, with the line of the night being Nyla Rose shouting, Tap, you stupid alien, at Chris Statlander from the apron.
0: We go to the Saucy Duke, who says, This was a dull episode by Dynamite Standards. It's frustrating seeing everything I liked from last week put on the back burner to reheat the Inner Circle Elite feud. The show opening and closing angles felt like beat-for-beat remakes of things we've seen before. That's Lance Archer's debut. Could it have been any colder? I seriously had to edit this bit in the feedback because I completely forgot he was actually on the show. Awful! What's Chita got to do to get a break in this company? Maybe they're saving for her for the next pay per view. But when they beat her, but then why beat her clean? And if they're not saving her, what's the issue? She's been consistently sidelined for flavors of the month like Amy Sakura, Chris Statlander, and now B Priestley. I was seriously confused about why Big Swole was talking about her husband and was shocked to discover she's married to Cedric Alexander. Is that common knowledge or am I right in thinking most of the audience wouldn't know that? I don't think you're... I, don't, I, think, I think you're right. Yeah. I think most of the people watching TNT, AEW, um, 800,000, 900,000, I'm willing to bet most, more than 50% of those people, don't know that Big Swole is married to Cedric. Um you know that said those who did know. I thought probably really enjoyed the, the the comment.
1: Yeah, or people were googling it immediately afterwards. Yeah,
0: or they just let it. Didn't care.
1: <laughs> and the last one is Tyler Crane from Salt Lake City. What's up, guys? I attended the show live. It was pretty fun. I don't know how it came across on TV, but the live crowd was pretty loud and energetic throughout the whole show. Cody was super over live. It was great seeing Jake the Snake paired with Lance Archer. Jake is the perfect mouthpiece for him, and it should make for a great feud with Cody. My personal match of the night was Joey Janela and Private Party against Death Triangle. Main event was a fun live, uh, was fun live. Jericho remains super great, and what he does, uh, with Hangman Page is over as hell. All in all, great live experience. Keep up the great work.
0: What what do you feel about the pairing of Lance Archer with Jake Roberts?
1: I'm fine with it. I want to see where it progresses. Um, you know, it, it automatically tells you that Lance Archer is not just um, you know, going to be anything trivial on the show if you're investing a mouthpiece with him and Jake. And it seems like at least getting some kind of program with Cody off off the bat. So I I think you know it remains to be seen. I'm I'm really looking forward to just give me Arn and Jake in one segment together in the ring. That's what I yeah. want. I, I
0: think that, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the, the bigger battles will be really between like Jake and Cody on the microphone. Um, I, I, I wait to see what sort of chemistry like Lance Archer will have with Jake Roberts. I mean, Archer isn't necessarily somebody I would have said, Oh, that guy needs a manager. I feel like he would have been perfectly fine on his own, but certainly it doesn't really help having Jake. The problem with Jake though, is that like he's so damn tall that like, Archer's size might not be as impressive with Jake standing next to him, so maybe he can just like crouch (laughs) or do the splits.
1: Um, one other thing, our man Joel sent in uh the uh the fight version of Dynamite tonight, and really, there's nothing to mention. In in fact, in some of the commercials, he mentioned like it was just like ambient sound and crowd shots for, for some of the in-between segments. And like, it seems like they have really lessened the amount of content that they're putting into those commercial breaks. Like there's really, it was like matches continuing, um, beat down onto the, yeah, like just, there's very little here to, to convey, like nothing significant.
0: Mm, okay. Yeah.
1: So, Um, So that is it, everyone. Um, We're going to be back on Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern time with the Cafe Hangout that uh, you can listen to live if you're a member of the Cafe. Uh, Benno will be joining us. Alex Patel will also be on with us as well. And we'll have all the latest on whatever happens tomorrow. I'm sure, you know, this is a developing story. And I'm sure that there's going to be many updates to go through uh, by Thursday afternoon.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Things will be very different. So again, everybody. Let's do one more time, John. Inhale. And exhale. We'll
1: get through it.